Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In today's episode, we will look at the effects the shift towards no to low carbon energy production is expected to have on the metals and minerals markets. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me will be our chief analyst, Robin Barr. So, Robin, the floor is yours. Thanks, Christian. In last week's podcast, if you remember, we discussed the fact that supply is lagging demand for many commodities. Companies and investors are still reluctant to expand mining despite the surge in prices. And therefore, investors are not making the types of long-term bets and companies um, uh, as well that would bring on more supply. Could the lack of supply, coupled with rapidly rising demand, push metal prices so high that it delays the energy transition? It's noteworthy that eight out of the top 12 global economies have national net zero pledges. Wow. So, you know, it may actually come as a surprise to some listeners that the Paris Climate Change Agreement is expected to actually turbocharge demand for minerals. That's right. Uh, Quite staggering, really. Uh, In fact, the International Energy Agency, the IEA for short, they've warned that high mineral and metal prices could delay a transition to clean energy owing to the number of metals needed for batteries, solar panels and wind turbines. Prices for commodities from lithium to cobalt or from A to Z, if you like, have rallied as demand for clean energy technologies has increased and governments have rolled out green stimulus packages. Sales of electric cars rose by 41% last year, with about 3 million sold globally. The biggest growth sector will be EVs, Um, And this is um, with regard to a two degree Celsius or lower pathway that will see demand soar from three million vehicles today to at least 80, 80 million by 2030. So quite a rise. To your point, reaching the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement would result in a quadrupling of mineral demand by 2040, the IEA said. Yet a lack of investment in new mines, something that we were highlighting last week, does risk substantially raising the costs of clean energy technologies. The energy transition could definitely slow down as a result of increasing costs. So it sounds like we may have a bit of a catch-22 situation on our hands. That's a great way of uh, putting it. Um, The IEA has said that higher commodity prices could outweigh the cost reductions achieved by increased production in clean energy technologies, such as batteries. If prices for lithium and nickel double, the cost of producing lithium-ion batteries for electric vehicles will increase by 6%. The electric vehicle body will heavily rely on aluminium to minimise weight and copper for the wiring. The batteries for EVs and the emerging energy storage market will drive up demand for lithium, nickel and cobalt. Copper and aluminium are critical to the expansion of transmission and distribution grids, as are solar panels. Copper and aluminium demand are forecast to increase by about a third by 
2040, nickel by two thirds and cobalt and lithium, wait for it, by 200 percent and 600 percent respectively. Wow. Wow, indeed. And uh, you, you mentioned copper there, but uh, copper even now as, as the prices increase ridiculously. They have. Uh, copper, you know, that hit a 10-year high of more than $10,000 last week, so close to $0.05 cents per pound, doubling from a year ago. And this could add half a trillion dollars to the cost of reaching climate goals in the next two decades. Yes. So some pretty fantastic numbers. Well, that's right. So to, be, to that point, actually, not to be difficult here, Robin, but might the IEA be indulging in a bit of scaremongering with all of this? Oh, you do have to be difficult, don't you? But, but fair question. The World Bank said recently in a report examining minerals for climate action to keep global warming below two degrees centigrade, that a low carbon future would be very mineral intensive because clean energy technologies need more materials than fossil fuel based electricity generation technologies. Low carbon technologies, particularly solar, photovoltaic, wind and geothermal, are also more mineral intensive relative to fossil fuel technologies. The World Bank gave projections for metals and minerals demand by 2050 from energy technologies alone. And based on 2018 production levels, most metals and minerals will see demand rise exponentially just for that sector alone. Interestingly, an MIT study concluded that tin would have the most to gain relative to market size from new technology. And the four megatrends of EVs, renewable energy, advanced robotics, and advanced computation and IT. So I guess, Robin, what this all boils down to is that huge investment is required in the metals and mining sector. Absolutely huge. It's projected that more than $1 trillion of investment will be needed in key energy transition metals over the next 15 years, just to meet the growing demand of decarbonisation if global warming is to be kept to less than two degrees by 2050. And this is according to industry consultants. This is almost double the figure invested over the previous 15 years. Put simply, the energy transition starts and ends with metals. If you want to generate, transmit, or store low, no carbon energy, you need metals. Most metals will be needed for the energy transition, but at what cost? Are these costs affordable and can they be mitigated? And the debate has only just started. If you recall our last discussion, we mentioned how the heads of the world's major mining companies are currently reluctant to expand production capacity, wanting to learn from mistakes made in the past, whereby mining companies started new projects during periods when commodity prices were high and they were cash rich, without taking projections for future demand into adequate consideration. And while it's fair for the current owners to take a wait-and-see approach to how closely world governments adhere to the targets of the Paris Climate Agreement, one wonders how long it will take for them to reconsider their future plans. I want to thank Robin for joining me today, and I also want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember... Always keep an eye and ear on the forward curve.